0: Beyond the Wrench with Jay Gananen from Find a Wrench. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. I am your host, Jay Gananen, and today we're going to take a look at the candidate experience through the eyes of a candidate that went through it himself. David Mumford is the service writer for Toyota of Cleveland. And while relatively new to the auto world, he is highly driven and enthusiastic about his job. In talking with David, we had some interesting conversation and he had some interesting insights into the job search process and and what he went through along that process. And I think they're really, really important keys uh, for us to land home with our shop owners and managers out there. And and I think there's some good insight from a uh technician or advisor's st- standpoint as they're going through the process as well so we'll dive into all of that along with getting to know more about david and and I guess we'll dive in right now how how are you doing David? I'm doing
1: great glad for this experience and this is a totally totally new experience on the work side talking on being on podcast because i never I've I've talked about I've shared my story on other podcasts and other people yep. but never my work career so this is a whole a whole new experience for me so oh, love I'm looking it. forward to
0: it. Love it love it. So uh first up where uh, where where do you live at it, it uh it, I think maybe the uh, the title of the company can maybe uh throw people off but wh- where are you at
1: we are. I am located in Cleveland, Tennessee, not Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> when people hear Cleveland, they think Cleveland, Ohio. It is not Cleveland, Ohio. It is Cleveland, Tennessee. We're located right between Chattanooga, Tennessee, and
0: Knoxville, Tennessee. So. All right. And and so what? What do you do there? What uh, What is your job?
1: My current position. I am the TXM advisor for the dealership, which breaks down to I. I deal with the brand new customers that come in for service. I deal with the five to 25,000 mile services. And any service that the customers may need done in those first five services, I deal with those customers. So essentially, I'm I'm like the very per, very first advisor they deal with after they go through the sales process, they come to me and I get them started on the whole service side of getting their vehicles fixed or whatever questions yeah. they whatever questions they may have in those first couple services i i answer the questions, or if i don't answer those questions i will find somebody that does and direct them to, to them since i am a new candidate or a newbie to the to the industry so yeah
0: well i think that's a it's such a uh, an important role uh in a dealership to have that kind of extension to the service department right and having that that handoff from from sales to service and making sure that that experience that they work so hard to create on the front side translates to the back side and and I think just getting to know you a little bit here you've got you're a very personable guy and you uh, I think just genuinely like talking to people so I think that fits perfectly with your personality right and I I I think uh, you've probably seen that uh, in that you you enjoy your job, right?
1: I, I do, I mean, this is actually one job where I love going into work. I know most people don't love going to their jobs, but I love going into work because when I leave, I have a sense of accomplishment of knowing somebody, when they walk away, they may come in, have an issue of where they're angry, but by the time they leave, they're, they're walking away a happy client
0: that's and, a good thing
1: and looking to come back to our it, deals.
0: So. Well, it takes a special mentality. I know we we deal with that sometimes with our customer service and account management here at Finder Wrench, but then uh having the mentality to take maybe a problem situation or uh, anything that that may appear as a problem and make it better or make that experience better and right. turn that around is such a it's such a valuable thing for any business to have but that, that true want and, and wanting to make a customer's day better is, is such a huge thing. So I give you a lot of praise for that, a lot of compliments on that. Um, let's start off, and I think this will kind of lead naturally into the, the discussion that we're going to have today about the candidate experience. And so I, I think when we talk about this, you, you this is pretty fresh in your mind because you've, you've gone through it, uh, it within the last couple of years. So why don't, why don't you walk us through, uh, you know how did you get to the automotive industry? Um, what did you do prior to getting in the automotive industry? And then maybe even what was that initial appeal of, of why you even wanted to get into this in the first place?
1: Prior, prior to the automotive industry, I worked at Amazon for four and a half years and was doing really well in that and loved working. But things just, I wasn't getting enough money. and I wasn't at home enough. It just, I just needed, I needed to find a different, a different job and what kind of got me into the automotive industry i was looking for a different job always loved working on cars always enjoy just getting my hands dirty yeah so i inter- uh, interviewed at Valvoline instant oil change in chattanooga tennessee had a great experience there uh was there almost a year was a tech and kind of worked with the customers also and then um things at home were getting kinda choppy. So yeah. I I needed to move closer to home and was looking for tried to stay with that company and moved to Cleveland. Just it couldn't work out. So I, I searched for other jobs and had an interview at a at one dealership. Was not a very good did not feel very professional interview there. Yeah. Just was left was left out waiting in the waiting room. They, it didn't feel like they were prepared for the inter, for the interview. They weren't, didn't feel very prepared for anything. So I forgot when I started working at Toyota, I totally forgot I had put in a job application. <laughs> and this was too, and I called about it. And they said, well, if I called, it was like a week or two after I um, didn't hear anything, I called Toyota. They said, if it go, if we want to interview you, it will go to our service manager's desk. They'll give you a contact. like, great. Didn't think anything of it. Still, still looked around and got a call from Toyota. And they called me. And I didn't know the number, so I called them back. And they're like, hey, uh, this is the service manager at Toyota Cleveland. We'd like to come in. We'd like to bring you in for an interview. I was like, great. I can be there in 30 minutes. They, so they're like, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> lunchtime, man. Don't, don't rush. Come in at 2 o'clock. I went at two o'clock. wasn't sure where to go. was was greeted and I was like, "Here, I'm here for an interview." They're like, "Okay, well, come right this way and just wait in our waiting area. Somebody will speak shortly." So I waited just just a few minutes and a gentleman walked out and came in, came out to get me, and he's like, "Are you here to get your car worked on or interview?" I said, "Actually, an interview." He's like, "Oh, we weren't sure what you looked like. I'm sorry for you having to wait. Come on back with us to our service manager's desk, our office." Like, "Oh, okay." yeah great and then when i walked in sat down uh they introduced the search manager introduced himself the parts manager introduced herself and then they're like well do you know who the gentleman is behind you i was like no i sure don't <laughs> they're like this, this is the owner of the company i was wow. like oh <laughs> okay Great! This is, I was like, okay. I, I think I may have even said, okay. I think this just got real, and it <laughs> broke the ice. Everybody laughed, and when they when that happened, I was like, okay. I know this is this is perfect. This is. They made me feel so accept accepted. This is great. I. I'm, let's go with. Let's do the interview. So the interview, they talk. They introduce themselves. They told how long they had. They had done their jobs and about the company and everything. And then they're like, "Well, do you have any questions for me?" And I was like, "Yeah, actually, I do." And I had a I had a notebook folder of some questions. And when I pulled that out, all through, I went, "Okay, this this guy's prepared. <laughs> this, this is crazy. This is crazy of someone coming in this prepared for a job." So I, we talked about some things, and then we got done talking. They're like, "Well, I guess you want to know about pay." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I love." So they we talked about that, and when I and they. During the whole process, they're like, We need you in our, we need somebody like you, your, your, your experience, go get it, your attitude. We need somebody like you in our drive or in our dealership. What can we do to get you here? I said, I don't, I don't know. They're like, We want, well, we need you. What, what can we do? And I've been there a year. March 14th was a year that I've been with this dealership. And it is, been so much like family yeah. that it is it, it's not a dealership yeah uh, even our general manager says it's not does not want to feel like a dealership we treat everybody above and beyond the way it should and we make everybody feel like family
0: that's the yeah. that's the mark of a good business and that's i mean that's that's a the mark of just good people right and i, I think yes. there's a there's a lot that goes into that and and there's a lot of meaning behind that for people that want to go work there so I, I want to dive into the, the not so good experience, right? And so when we talk about this and, and you're going out for interviews and, and I know I talk with, with uh, dealerships, independent repair shops, whatever it is all the time and talk about how important that part of the, the process is, is really having an understanding of as a candidate, what am I going to go through here in order to get this job or in order to find out if I like this job? When you first approached that, and I guess one thing just selfishly from from uh, the recruiter standpoint in us is what drew you to apply to that job in the first place? Was it a job ad? did you see it somewhere and then you, you went out there or uh, how did you find uh, that?
1: I think I just went on, went on like the website for local dealerships around the area, saw they saw they were hiring yeah. and put in a job application I, I don't think there was I don't think there was any other no one told me they were hiring I just was looking local dealerships and local yep. places around around here
0: so that that's that's great and I think uh, one lesson out of that for for shops in general is to make sure that your website is up-to-date and that uh-huh. you have the job listed out there because there's oftentimes we'll work with a, a dealership or a shop that it wants us to go find them somebody and we look at it and we're like oh well just put it on your website first and give that a shot. You know, there's, there's a lot of value in that. So uh, secondly, what was the next part of that process? Did, did they just call you and say, Hey, come in for an interview? Uh, you know, what was, what was the next thing?
1: I believe they did call me. They did call me and have want me to come in for an interview. And I, I went prepared. I think right after that, once they said, come in for an interview, that's when I started looking for doing a little bit, a little bit of research on the, on the company trying to figure out like if I need to ask any questions or kind of what their hours were or just anything about it. And I believe they did give me a phone call and want me to come in Good. for that for that interview.
0: Okay. So, so you come in uh, and you go in for the interview and what happens next?
1: I get there. I walk, I believe I walked in the service drive. I think I asked, one of the somebody just out in the service job about I said I'm here for an, I tried to talk to them by like, um, how can we help you? I said, I'm here for an interview. They're like, Oh, okay. I think they said so and so is busy at the moment, uh, but they they'll be with you in just a moment. If you'll go in our waiting they showed me to the waiting area. They said there's free there's free coffee. Just make yourself home. Somebody will be with you in just a few minutes. I'm like, okay. So um and it was around lunchtime so i understood it it could be a little that they weren't exactly ready for me so i probably waited longer than i expected and i uh went back out and asked about it they're like oh well they're they're still tied up they'll they'll be with you in just a moment so finally i I went back and the the person came and got me and they it didn't feel like that it didn't feel like they were prepared Yeah. They weren't, they, we had to one place we were supposed to go. They could, we couldn't use that room for some reason. And then it, we had to go somewhere else. And it felt from a interviewee perspective, it didn't make me feel like I wanted to work. there.
0: Yeah. It didn't make you feel like they even wanted you to work there. Right. Like if they're, if they're not, uh, if they're not extending the olive branch and they essentially forget about you in the, in the service, <laughs> the waiting area, uh, that doesn't give you the the most warm and fuzzy feeling, I imagine.
1: No, it it didn't, and I I understood it was and part of part of it I did understand it was lunchtime, and it it is kind of it was it was a it was a weird time to be there. But if they, but I mean, from any interview or any job, if someone's coming in for an interview, you at least need to be prepared right. for for the person for them and make them feel welcome when they get there. So.
0: So one of the things in in our conversation prior to the podcast was you had talked about them. Um, it, it kind of appeared that they were short-staffed, right? And maybe that was a, that was a contributing factor to them not being able to to get to you. And maybe the lack of, the lack of preparation was due to just the lack of time. Is there anything from from your eyes when you look at that where you you say, okay, just this little thing would have made a big difference in how how it made me feel, even knowing you know, they're hiring me for a reason. It's probably because they are short-staffed or they're hiring people for a reason. It's because they're short-staffed. Is there anything that they could have done in that scenario that would have maybe helped you feel welcome to acknowledge the fact that maybe, hey, we're short-staffed right now. I'm really sorry. We'll try to get to you. Is there, is there something that, that would have been that made that experience better?
1: I think on a personal level, if I knew if something did come up, or if it was just a last minute, oh my gosh! I know we got this interview. We're short staffed. Call and say, reach out to the person. Say, hey, um, is there a, is there a way we can reschedule this? Right. Not. Oh, I, t- today turned out to be a crazy day. We can't really do it today. Could you come in later in the day? Could you come in tomorrow? Kind of reach back out and just be open, open yeah. and honest with with the people.
0: The honesty is a big piece, right? Like that—that just to say, hey, listen, I'm—I'm sorry. It just—I this got out of hand today, and I'm—I'm not sure why. You know, I I think there's—I you hit that on the head, absolutely.
1: And that's what—that's what what I've learned. Even at Toyota, I've learned—I've seen it everywhere from our general manager down to to our receptionist. everybody's open and honest, and if something's taking a little bit longer they will make sure the customer is taken care of first or make sure whatever they can do to make them feel good. They will, they will, they'll be open and honest with them. And that's how business should be.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, just be open and honest with your clients, with your employees and like going, going through all this, even on a personal level with me through all this, craziness with the covid yeah there's been a couple times i've they said hey we want to bring you back and i've almost gone back a couple times then they'll call me and be like i'm sorry it things are just not looking good right now yeah we can't we we can't bring you back i'm like okay cool no no big deal i mean thanks for being open and honest with me and letting me know yeah we just can't right now so that makes that makes me want to stay with that company and that makes me want to say, hey, if you need a vehicle or if you need any work, any service done, come to us because we'll be we'll be honest with you. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure we'll we, we'll make sure things are taken care of. And when you leave here, you you leave a happy customer
0: well, or happy belie- client. Yeah, and you believe it in your heart, right? It's yes. not just it's not just uh it's not just a corporate tagline or anything like that. It's truly. A gut feeling, and I think that's again. And this applies to any business. But when you create that culture, uh, and and I've alluded to this on other podcasts, that culture can sometimes be a buzzword that uh, is uh, maybe not taken all that serious. But that's what culture is all about: is is really getting that buy-in from your team and getting getting the level of passion for the business, even if you don't own the business. That it it is you know i i would refer my mother or my fa- a family member to come here uh, oh, yes. because they treat people the right way that goes a long way and and i i think i can hear that in your voice i can hear that in how much pride you have for this company and i i think that's the coolest thing in the world i think that that says a lot about the company themselves and and uh, and should really they should be proud of that
1: yeah they they really when i i don't know if we'll get to this get to this but when i got into the service drive yeah they, um, i started as a tech and was doing was doing well there that kind of i kind of felt it's not that it's not it was not their doing i was just like a i helped one of the other techs so i kind of felt like okay i could be doing this and i kind of felt i don't know what the word i felt yeah,
0: limited maybe under, or yeah limited
1: yeah underutilized yeah. because of the experience i had at valvoline i'm just standing around handing a guy a rent or handing a guy a tools, I'm like, okay, I could be doing what you're doing. Yeah. But then when some changes happened, they got me into this service drive. That was like, that was a whole different experience of yeah. being in the service drive. And they didn't want to hire anybody else for my position because of the experience I did have. And when our general manager found out that I was... On, in the service shop and in this position everybody was like oh thank goodness we finally got somebody that can, <laughs> that can do this job that knows this job that understands the urgency of we need to take care of the customers we need to we need to make everybody feel important we need we need you on this and uh like I, I made I'm great friends with my general manager just yeah. by working there and he was when he found out like i think it was like the second or third day i was on the service drive, he i think he may have walked out to a service drive or he i had to call him about something and he was like thank goodness i finally got a conductor for my train on this <laughs> because i need somebody to run this thing for me and i need somebody that has the passion and wants to work and wants to run drive this train for me so i've I'm honored to be
0: there. That's a that's a, a pretty big uh, statement to make for your employer, and I th- I think that's the coolest thing. Now we will dive a little bit more into that too, because I do want to know how that transition from the shop to a service writer position went. But before we do that, I want to I want to talk through that second process, right? So okay. when 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 you're at the Toyota dealership and you're going through and i want to kind of compare and contrast the two different experiences right yeah. the what when you went into the one that wasn't so great now maybe let's talk about the one that was great and to me there's some the funny part is there's some similarities to the experience and that you walked into the toyota dealership somebody greeted you they didn't necessarily know who you were because right. they they couldn't they didn't they wouldn't have known but it was right there that made such a big difference right because instead of putting you in the waiting room and having you sit there for a long time, they, they really said, Hey, we're, we were waiting for you. You know, they Uh care about you. Uh, you know, it's funny to me when I look at those experiences and, and really when you break it down, there's a couple defining moments that changed it from what you experienced on the not so good side to the really, really good side. And Uh so. In both scenarios, you walk through the service drive, you ask for, you know, you you say that you're there for an interview. The maybe bad experience was just, we'll we'll set you in the the service waiting area and they just look like mass chaos. Whereas this experience was, hey, we were waiting for you. We just didn't know what you looked like. Uh, Come on back. And so there's some level of just that, that preparedness ahead of time, that preparation where that paid off just at that pivot point you know, i look at that and just visually i'm a visual guy seeing you walk into both service drives and one went one way the other went the other way and it was really because of a simple start right i mean i mean oh, if, yeah. if if that first person acknowledges you a little bit differently it might be a whole different experience in that first one maybe
1: oh it was a total game changer because when i when they when they said they weren't they didn't know what i looked like that made me feel like okay i'm not just another person right I'm i'm somebody that they are they've been waiting for um i'm valued and they are they are they're they are prepared for me yeah they're, they're they're they've been waiting for me and they made me feel they they broke the ice without knowing they broke the ice. They yep. brought my anxiety levels way down to just, hey, I can go in here and I can just talk to these people.
0: Yeah, at some was, level of warmth. Uh, that's, yes. yeah, you felt comfortable there. And that I
1: felt very comfortable.
0: Yeah, whereas if you're, if you've got a bunch of people running around with like chickens with their heads cut off, it's you don't get quite that same feeling. And, right. and I think that's an important thing for all shop managers to really pay attention to is even if you're and david i give you credit for for kind of pointing this out before but even if you're going to be busy and you know you're going to be short staffed you know that there's going to be some obstacles try to plan that out ahead of time so that you know that hey today's going to be nuts and even if it's not going to be nuts i need to have a plan in place just in case things turn because we all know in a service drive how fast that can turn and uh, and how fast that can get busy. So, a lot of kudos to uh, to the Toyota dealership because I think it it uh, it speaks volumes about how they're run as a company. So, as you get in there and you, you sit there, and you you've got multiple people in the interview. And you I assume you were interviewing for a, a service advisor position, service writer no, position. Oh, I, no,
1: no, I was just interviewing for a tech position. Just to, really. Just just let me at least get in. I was just interviewing for a service tech position i think yes. on the, i think on there when i fill out like the job application they they may have had like service advisor service tech they had yeah. different options you could pick and i just i just like uh let me just click all these because i've kind of i had a little bit of experience yeah. doing all of them so i went in as a tech uh went in interviewing as a tech and that's that was my that was bob Put into the
0: got it. Into so the so they had you had the owner, the general manager, and the service manager in that interview.
1: I, I had the I had the service manager, I had yep. the owner of our of our um, of the company, the yep. owner son of the company, and the yep. parks manager in there.
0: That's that's great. I mean, yeah. to to look at it from the standpoint of of coming in as a, a you know kind of an entry level tech and and to get that much exposure right off the bat talk about making you feel warm and fuzzy i mean that's that's a that's a pretty cool thing
1: it's been it's been an amazing amazing job because i don't think of it as a job right i think i I can actually look at this as this is my career this is where this is not just another okay another stepping stone to okay where can i go after toyota where could i what what is down the road i know this is where i'm gonna be unless something just crazy happens (laughs) beyond beyond this COVID thing beyond everything else if I was to move or something else I really don't plan to leave this because this is my career this is where I've this is where I found my niche and this is where I'm I'm home
0: yeah feel like you're home I was going to say the same thing that's a that's about all you can ask for out of an employer uh, is to create that environment. And I'm happy to hear that you're in that position because that's uh, that's something that I think a lot of people are trying to get to. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe, you know, we talk about it a lot from more so the technician side, but uh, it, it does really apply to managers and advisors is there's a lot of folks that might be content, but aren't happy. They don't truly, you know, they're not bought in to like you're bought in uh, to your location. And it's a lot of times just because of a fit. But I think what they did to set expectations and set uh, really just kind of that that initial warm feeling started right off the bat, right? And it started with, with the hiring process and making sure that they knew, because I'm guessing some level of preparation went into the training of that even that individual that said, "Hey, I don't know uh, we were waiting for you um, that there's some level of up upfront preparation that helps that conversation happen, whereas in the other dealership, it didn't happen, and it probably hasn't been talked about, and it hasn't been thought through so that I, I mean just from that that's what I'm really trying to land home with a lot of folks is that that little piece it makes such a big impact on what your paradigm and what your, your kind of uh, your view of what the dealership is going to be and kind of a yeah. paradigm shift uh, between a bad experience and a good experience and showing that there are good, there are bad, there's a lot of in between and uh, and trying to uh, trying to make sure that if you are a business owner or you're a, a shop owner, a dealership owner that, you you think through this part because that can make that can mean the world on whether you land top talent or not and and uh, that's a big deal so I'm I'm glad you shared that story uh, with us now to kind of uh, move on to the process of going from uh, from in the service department and really kind of working on cars mm-hmm. to the service drive uh, and and really probably selling more of a sales type role. What do you see as the differences between the two? And, and, and before I, before I let you answer that question, what I'm going to say is one of the common things that I see uh, and I have seen over the years is a technician that wants to move into a different role, whether it's going into a management spot or advisor spot, and they assume that that's a promotion or they assume that that's a different level. Whereas if you're a rock star technician and you're making pretty good money and you're doing well for yourself out in the shop that nece- that not that's not necessarily a promotion right like that that is sometimes a some people just are are have a knack for being really good at tearing stuff apart and working on it and I, I, the reason I bring it up is because so often i've seen from people that I've hired personally and then through find a wrench where they will take that role and they you know, I think they see it from the shop view and they say, okay, I, I want to do that. It looks uh, it looks cleaner. It looks like they're, you know, it's a little bit more controlled professional type environment, but when they get there, they hate it. And and so there's, it, it really is dependent on your personality on to where, and you're, you're kind of just everything about you, whether you're going to like that or not. And And from talking to you right away, I could tell, okay, this is probably a good this is probably a good transition for you because it, it takes you and it uses your strengths to talk with customers. And, and really that, that initial relationship with a customer as they're transitioning from the sales to the service side uh, is so important. How did, how did you see that transition? How much experience did you have in writing service prior to that? And then, you know, what did they put you through for training? Walk me through that a little bit
1: how I got to the service drive is they were making some, some payroll changes and they were, they were kind of just reevaluating how everything was running in the shop and kind of just reinventing a little bit, everything. So I was the newbie and a couple, a couple times I'd walk by the parts manager or I'd walk by, I'd walk by other people in dealership before, before this even started, before this was any, even a, a thought of in my head of moving going to the surf shop, they would stop me and they're like, Hey, just just the little birdie the little birdie says, You need to you need to keep doing what you're doing. They're watching you. They they've got their eye on you. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> well what does that mean? They're like well, I can't really we really can't say, but just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. You're you're going above and beyond of what's expected. Just just keep doing what you're doing. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I did that for a while and then they called me when they did those changes, they called me into the service job and in, into the office and I thought, Okay, I'm newbie. I'm I'm the first one to leave. Right. And then and then they said and I knew there were some I knew like when I would take cars back up to the to the service drive after working on them, I I knew some things were were changing. But I don't get any work gossip. I don't get anything like that. Yeah, so
0: yeah, I just
1: kept my nose clean. So they called me in the office and they're like, and it was the service manager and the owner. They're like, hey, we would like to like to offer you the position. I was like, okay. And then asked me if I knew about writing services. Like, yeah, when I worked at Valvoline, I did work with customers. I knew how to how to write it up. I, and they're like, yeah, you know, the, you know the process exactly. We Like, we want you in this position. And they're like, we don't want to hire anybody else because we know you have the experience. You – we've seen your personality. You would be great for a service job. We need you on the service job. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I did that. And then the training – on the training part, they sent me – they had – a one day training with Jeff Cowan in Chattanooga. I yep. went to his one day training and learned learned a lot from him. And then uh, I went to another one in Knoxville, another training there for service advisors and how to how to do that. And then since I've been off work, I when I was since I've been on temporary layoff, I kind of I got home and I was on LinkedIn. I was like. Man, there's gotta be something else I could do personally to keep myself busy, to learn, to to do some training out there. I've gotta find some I need, I'm gonna look for some training on my own of how to do this. So that's how I when I started looking on LinkedIn, I fell in with Glenn Gurdleaf, Dave Foy, yeah. Rob Young, the fix art mastermind with you. I just I just dove into it and I was like, okay here's a training I need, I can do personally on my own. Yeah. So when I go back to work, I can, I, I kind of start saying, I'm reinventing David. I'm going to bring out David 2.0. <laughs> so yeah. when I get back,
0: yeah, I'm more prepared for it. I love that mentality. I absolutely love that mentality. I think if we could clone that mentality and put it in everybody, that would be amazing because that, that's what, uh, and it's not just our industry, it's every industry, but we need more of that, more of that proactive, like, I want to get better. This is my craft. This is what, you know, this is what I do. And, and that ownership of that is such a big deal. And so I, uh, I commend you for that. And, and really, I've had Dave Foy on the podcast and uh, really, he's such a great guy. And being able to put together all of this, uh, the, the um, Fixed Ops Mastermind group. Uh, which, if if you haven't had a chance to check it out, to those oh, yeah. that are out there, check yeah. it out. It's it's uh, you're putting a lot of bright people in the same box and and being able to uh, talk through day to day stuff. It, it's just an unbelievable spot to be at, and I think you saw the same thing there, Dave. Oh,
1: I have. When I when I got in touch with, I think I found Gene Girdley through this, and he got me connected to Dave Foy, and when I got on there two weeks ago. To the Fix Off Mastermind, I'm like the the newbie to the group. Yeah. But I've got so so much information through yeah. this that I was like, where? Why don't more like I've worked at Walmart, I've worked at Amazon, I've worked. I was in the grocery business when I first started working. Yeah. When I was 16 years old, why don't more companies have groups like this? Yeah. Because it, you learn a lot about how to like we've been talking about how to be honest with customers how to take a bad situation and make it good and or how to keep the good situations running more smoothly and how to make them better yeah because it this is a great group of guys to learn from not just career but life in general there's a lot of a lot of life experiences
0: Oh, you're not kidding. I, I, uh, I have learned. It, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. And to to be able to have access to that many high level thinkers and, and just really smart people and listen to them and learn and, and talk and interact is just, it's, it's really, really cool. And, and so I think the fact that you took the initiative to, to do this on your own uh, says a lot about you as a person and says a lot about your work ethic and, and how you take this seriously and, and how how you want to approach this. Now, to take that maybe even a step further is what advice would you give to somebody that's entering this this business and this industry? Because you, you've gone through some of the ups and downs of getting into the business. What would you, if you could go back and talk to David from two or three years ago when you're getting into the business as compared to now or even as a younger david what what drew you to the industry and then what what do you what do you think would be you know if something you could tell your younger self about getting into the business
1: take the step- just take that first step and get out there and talk to people because yeah. not not every dealership i know a lot a lot of times people have a dealership as a oh well they're they're just gonna they're just gonna take all my money from me yeah no it it's not that way just at least talk to go out and fill it out, and if you don't get a good feeling from it, don't come back don't, right don't, don't use that, but you at least take that step and go figure it out because they're they're human like everybody else, yeah I mean it's it's any other job out there i I would, I'd probably say just get out there and try it out, yeah, and it, it may not be it may not be for everybody it may not you may not you may not enjoy it or like for me. I fell into a golden mine of greatness, and at least try it. I mean, what's it going to hurt to get out there and try?
0: Yeah. Well, you're you're putting yourself out there, and and I think for somebody that's new, fairly new to the industry, uh, to put yourself out there and and not be afraid to talk to some of these industry leaders that are you know, for the most part, very willing to help and very willing to to help get, you know, we want more people in the industry and we want, we want people to enjoy where they work and we want people to, to enjoy this, this business in general. And I think that's what Toyota of, of Cleveland has done with you is they've really, they've shown you a different side of the car business and shown you that there's more to it and that it's a, it's a, it can be a really, really rewarding career Um, and it's, uh, I think when you find the right fit, uh, both from the employer side and from the employee side, there's, there's a lot of magic that happens because of it. And I think that's, that's the cool part about what you're doing right now. And, um, and I think it says a lot for what, uh, what the folks at Toyota Cleveland are doing too, because it's, uh, not everybody does it that way. And I think it's really, really important to take those lessons home.
1: And also, this just came to my mind when you were talking, don't be afraid to ask questions yeah just ask what yeah. what's 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 it gonna hurt to ask a question i mean i guess getting into it go if you're if you're new if you're new to getting into it and want to go up to go up to somebody and ask if they're hiring
0: yeah what's it
1: gonna hurt i mean all they can say is no
0: right
1: and or like for me they're like yeah we are Let, let's talk and see how we can work this out and then you'll you'll get that ball rolling you'll get it you'll get it going
0: so yeah well and not only stopping there but once you do get into the dealership on being able to ask questions about how to how to do something don't assume uh-huh. that you know how to do it or don't act i know for me coming in as a young tech when i did it's intimidating to go ask that that guy that's been around for 30 years a, a question because you don't want to frustrate them you don't want to keep asking them questions but it's important to find that person uh, in your workplace that you get along with, that you can ask questions to, and that's going to provide good guidance to you. And it makes you feel comfortable asking a question because uh, too often it happens where somebody internalizes that and then doesn't ask the question and it results in the job taking way longer than it should, or, you know, writing you know, something wrong on a service ticket or, you know, yeah. just because we, we didn't want to ask that simple question. And, and uh, so you've got to get comfortable asking those questions. And, and even if you're having a tough time with that uh, and you, uh, you, you want to, but you feel nervous about it, I would highly advise you to go talk to a manager and just say, hey, listen, this is what I struggle with. I do better when I ask questions and I get clarity rather than being confused and trying to tough my way through it. What can I do to get you know better insight there? I think that that's an excellent point, David.
1: And that that's the way I do it. I've had I've had a couple uh, situations with my job where I I feel like I ask too many questions, but it's better to ask if it's the, the same question five thousand million <laughs> times. It's better to ask the same question than to do it wrong and mess a vehicle up or mess a warranty issue up or mess something up that would take three times longer to fix where if you just ask the question the first time you can just smooth everything out and do it right the first time and make the whole experience for the customer for the business for everybody else all the way up to the owner of the company like okay it's a, a crisis averted.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I think asking to understand and not just asking to get through a job is such an important piece too. You know, I think that's where if you're if you're truly trying to get an understanding of a process or you're trying to get an understanding of how something works and how you fix that or I I think there's there's a lot of value in that. And maybe something that I didn't do a great job as when I was a, a younger tech was I would ask just to get the job done i i wanted to i wanted to ask the question so i could get the job done and get it out of my bay and i could move on rather than understanding you know why am i asking this question why is it that you know listening to the answer rather than just trying to to get through it you know i think there's a lot of value there too so this is excellent stuff david i i uh i've really enjoyed our conversation today and i uh we're we're about uh wrapped up on our time but I guess I'll leave you with some uh the ability to kind of add anything else that you might have. I, I don't know what what you've learned about the business since you've been in it. Uh I'm I'm kind of fascinated from the from from the candidate side from somebody that's fairly new to the industry. What have, what have you what have you loved about the industry?
1: I guess how they make me feel they made me feel valued at the yeah. job and even going to even going to the general manager, he's just human. He's human as as anybody else. Yep. How everybody there is so real, and if like I've I've had some great experiences, and I could share so many stories of how <laughs> of how like if I'm having a bad day, they'll come and talk to me, or if I had a customer come in and they had a like I couldn't handle the the situation. I took him to our general manager and the general manager handled it and made the customer feel, feel, felt great. And then he told me to do, he told me to just discount a little bit. I was like, no, I can't do that. I, we just comped the whole service and went back and told him, Hey, we just comped it. We we weren't going to make them pay for something. And he was like, wow, I didn't, I did not ask you to do that. But, Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for taking care of that customer. That shows initiative and that shows some somebody I want here. And they want me back. Yeah. Because so every time I've gone back to visit here lately, they're like, man, we, we need you back. We need <laughs> you back. When are you coming back? I'm like, I don't know yet. I am yeah. still and I get texts and like, do you know when you're coming back? I'm like, no, I don't know when I'm coming back. They're like, man, we need you back. Please come back and it, I, I feel feel great being there yeah and it makes me a the days i do work it makes me wake up thinking okay i get to go to work today
0: that's awesome. i get,
1: I get to go i get to go somewhere get to go somewhere i enjoy being yeah and they just they treat me with respect and that's why i mean that's, that's the biggest thing it
0: so is that's,
1: that's like the biggest thing they treat you with respect they treat the customer with respect and when you see like the service manager walked through, and a customer has been sitting there for a while. He's like, "Hey, can I get you something to drink? Do you need anything?" <laughs> and that makes me be like, "Okay, if he's doing that, then I can do it too."
0: Yep, lead by example. I yeah. I love it. I I thank you so much for being on the podcast today, David. I, I've uh, I've really enjoyed our conversations, and I, I've got to ask you one last question before I let you off the hot seat, and that yep. is. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't have video access to the podcast, David's got red glasses and I've got I've got to ask about these red glasses what uh, what what prompted you to to wear red glasses
1: I don't have to wear glasses I, I just yeah. do and I I found them on zenny.com and I got them like with if you know your prescription and your optical distance, yeah. You just plug it in, you get glasses. So I just, I was like, give me something. I want something different. So I got the red glasses. And when I did, everybody, like when I wear them at work, and they they can't remember my name or something, so like it was that guy with the red glasses. Out
0: there. <laughs> and
1: there it's a while, great
0: branding move. A great personal branding move.
1: And therefore, while when I would wear my red glasses to work, like I have several other pair of glasses. When I wear the red glasses to work, I would be so swamped with business. I'm just like, they're my lucky glasses.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's personal branding and it, and it is. And I, 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 uh, I love when people do personal branding. I think it's a, it's a really, really, uh, cool thing that you do. And I, it, it makes you stick out from the crowd a little bit. Right.
1: And I'll get stopped. I'll get stopped just at like target or somewhere. And they're like, man, I love the glasses. I'm like, thank you. They're like, Where'd you get those? I mean, that is awesome. And people say I look like Clark Kent with the glasses with my spray glasses. They're like, That's Clark Kent. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm Clark Kent. Yeah. Oh, funny. Well, uh, thanks
0: again for for being on the podcast today, David. Uh it no was it was very enjoyable and and uh I appreciate everything you're doing and, and uh hope you stay in the industry for a long time to come. Oh
1: wow. I don't plan to leave. If All I don't right. think if I tried to leave, they would yeah.
0: I love to hear. it. All right. Well, that was David Munford. And uh, again, you can uh, subscribe to the Beyond the Wrench podcast on anywhere podcasts are are downloaded. So iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, anywhere uh, on our website or social channels, you'll be able to see those as well. So thanks again, David, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time.